wanted to discuss Yemei Chabad for the 11th day of Menachem Av. Uh, the Hasidim suffered a lot from their own peers, so to speak. You know, a lot of times we find that it's your people that are closest to you become uh, the biggest problem. Uh, they were known as misnagdim. Uh, misnagdim means opponents. They opposed uh, the Hasidic uh, teachings and the rabbis that taught uh, that taught the Hasidic teachings. Now. We can't really fully uh, blame them at the time because this was like a new stream, a new movement. This was something new to the uh, Jewish people. Uh, while the Jewish people traditionally have involved themselves fully in the Talmud, in the study of the revealed part of the Torah, and there was sort of a hierarchy in those who were very fluent in the Torah, very knowledgeable, they were sort of kept on a pedestal, and, and rightfully so. But what was the problem was that the people that weren't as learned or were at a lesser level, they were looked down upon and they were degraded. Look, if you'd come to a shul, they'd never give an aliyah for somebody who is not, uh, you know, an expert in the law. Or It was just a general feeling for other people uh, didn't make them feel very comfortable. And there was actually a time that some of the Jewish people felt disenfranchised. They didn't feel they really belonged. And it was a time that they weren't doing well financially, a lot of them. There was a lot of pogroms. There was persecution. There was a lot of tsaris the Jewish people had. So they weren't really accepted amongst the elites uh, of the uh, religious community. Uh, they didn't do well financially. Uh, a lot of them decided that they're better off joining the other religion and uh, you know doing away with their Judaism. And it was a, a, a very difficult time. The Baal Shem Tov tried to change that, and he brought in the whole idea that Hashem really wants your heart, and if you mean it, and if you're sincere, and if you're uh, really devoted to God, it doesn't matter how much Torah, you know, God loves you just the same and that you're important and you're part of the Jewish people. And again, his followers later on, the Magad of Mizrich and the Alter Rebbe, but some of the other side, they took it as an affront to them. They took it as a uh, sort of a lack of giving credit or importance to the people who are studying the Torah. They thought that doing so and saying that everybody's important takes away inevitably from the really important people, and and they objected. And of course, there was other things also. There was, you know, my group, your group, uh, as you know, we're famous for. Jews are famous for, you know, like the story in the island. You know, there was one man over there, and he had two shoals. He says, "Why do you need two shoals?" And one, just one person. He says, "And one I go to, one I don't go to." So, <laughs> so. Uh, <coughs> you know, so again, but this was a more uh, serious disagreement. It was a philosophical disagreement. And the unfortunate thing was that they stooped to a pretty low level to the extent that the way they wanted to do away with the Hasidim, some of the opponents from the Jewish community actually, was by going and telling the government bad things about 
the Hasidim about the Alter Rebbe in this particular case, saying that he's doing counter-revolutionary things. Uh, you know, it was the Tsar at the time, and he was at war with Napoleon in, 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 in France, who, it, it was the free world versus sort of Europe versus Russia. And um, the Alter Rebbe was imprisoned twice uh, because of complaints against him uh, brought about mainly by the uh, other sides, by the opponents of Hasidim, known as the Misnagdim. Uh, one of them is more celebrated, we know it was a more, and we have the holiday of Yutes Kislev, of the uh, 19th day of Kislev. But the uh, lesser, the second one, he was also arrested, um, and he was freed on the third day of Hanukkah. That was the 27th day of Kislev. He was freed. Now, the Alter Rebbe's uh, main place where he lived was the city of Lyozhna. That was the city that he lived. After the second time that he was arrested, the uh, government did not want him to leave Petersburg. At the, the time, it called, then it was also called Petersburg, as it is called today. So they didn't want him to leave Petersburg, but he should, they wanted to keep an eye on the Alter Rebbe. Uh, there was a, a certain, uh, those days, the Russia was divided like into various different sections. There was a, a governor sort of that governed. And he had pretty much a lot of influence. And, and there was a guy, uh, uh, they're called in Hebrew, it's called a Nosich. He was like the governor and governed that area. So there was a fellow named Lubrimis Rimsky. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. And somehow he was told about the Alter Rebbe's really outstanding scholarship and knowledge and intellect and genius. And he wanted to meet with the Alter Rebbe, and he did meet the Alter Rebbe. He was utterly impressed with the Alter Rebbe. And he said to the Alter Rebbe, he said to him like this, if you will agree to come and move to one of my areas that I'm in control of, which he, was, he governed, he says, if you agree to go over there, then I'll see to it in the government, in the government, in the general government in Petersburg, so that they allow you to move, so you won't have to be in Petersburg itself. And when the Alter Rebbe agreed, uh, he actually settled the Alter Rebbe, he built homes for the Alter Rebbe and the Hasidim in the city of Liadi. So after the second arrest of Petersburg, the Alter Rebbe moved from Lyozhna, and then he moved to Liadi. In Liadi, under the uh, governor, Lyubrimsky, under his, Chabad expanded tremendously. It was a tremendous uh, boost because the Alter Rebbe can freely teach, the Alter Rebbe can freely have the gatherings of the Hasidim. It was actually turned out, as we've been talking about, that the uh, sometimes the negative brings with it actually a greater amount of revelation. In this case, it turns out that being arrested and being forced basically away from his city of Lyozhna actually increased the activity. It helped him at the end, although while it was happening, it seemed a negative. Uh, the Alter Rebbe left uh, Petersburg for, I guess, freedom calling to Liadi, 
on the eleventh day of Av. That's why the eleventh day of Av is remembered as the day that the Alter Rebbe left there. It took him a few days. By the fourteenth day of Av, he actually arrived in the city of Liadi. So, not to mistaken, you know, we call ourselves Lubavitch or Lubavitch Hasidim because of the city of Lubavitch. The Alter Rebbe Schneir Zalman, the first Rebbe, never lived in Lubavitch. It was only his son. It's the middle Rebbe, called the middle Rebbe, because at the time of the third Rebbe, he was the middle one, and that name stuck to him. He's still called the middle Rebbe, or in Yiddish, the middle Rebbe. He was the Rebbe known as Dov Ber, Duber. He was the son of the Alter Rebbe. Um, he is the one that moved to Lubavitch, and at that point, Lubavitch uh, stuck. The name of Chabad is synonymous with Lubavitch because that was the city, and then for many generations, till the Rebbe Rashab, who eventually moved to Rastov, moved out of the city of Lubavitch, but the Metla Rebbe, the Tzamach Tzedek, the Rebbe Maharash, those were the following the uh, Rebbes, until the Rebbe Rashab uh, lived in the city of Lubavitch. Um, but the Alter Rebbe's uh, main two places that he lived was in, first in Lyozhne, and then after that in the city of Liadi, uh, this is called White Russia in that area, and the influence was next to the Ukraine from the Alter Rebbe. From there, from these areas, he was able to be influential in all those areas. There's also another uh, thing mentioned here for the 11th day of Menachem Av, which is the Yorzeit, the day of passing, of a very distinguished and outstanding chassid. Uh, his name was Rebbe Hillel uh, Padicher. Uh, his, actually, he was a Levi. His family name was Malisov. Okay, but um, he's known better by the city of Parich because he was the, actually the rabbi in that city. And he was probably one of the most uh, celebrated and chassid uh, that everybody knows. Uh, um, he actually, very interesting is that he got married... Uh, before he was 13 years old, he got married. And they used to call him the Cholamoyed. Let me tell you why the, why the Cholamoyed. Because on Cholamoyed is a holiday, it's like a semi-holiday. Actually, by Hasidim, we don't put on the tefillin. Some put on the tefillin without a bracha, some put on uh, for the beginning of the davening, it's sort of a question halachically. Hasidim don't put on tefillin at all. Uh, but you do put on a talus. So they used to call him the Chol HaMoyed because he wore a talus because he was married. But he didn't wear the tefillin because he wasn't by mitzvah yet. <laughs> so they called him the Chol HaMoyed. I don't know why they picked a Chol HaMoyed. Why not the Shabbos, the Yontif? I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, but I guess the... Cholamoyed is like the day that stands out that you don't put on tefillin. Shabbos, we never put on tefillin. You know, I mean, but Cholamoyed, there is a question saying, well, oh, this guy, you know, he's not putting on tefillin yet, but he's putting on a talus because uh, he was married before he was uh, 13 years old. Um, and also, uh, he was a, a very knowledgeable, thank you, he was very knowledgeable and he was a, an expert and he... He like knew the entire Talmud and all the codifiers at the age of 13 years old. He studied the Kabbalah and he would pray using the 
secrets of the prayers of the Arizal, and he would, you know, be just very, very religious. He would um, um, fast a lot, and uh, he was just an exceptional Jumi. Yeah, go ahead. I just have to ask, how old was his wife? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a perfect question. I wish I would know the answer. It doesn't say here. I'm only looking up the sources over here, but probably can look up. Uh, I'm going to assume that she was probably about that age also, you know, about that age. Um, um, the, um, the story goes, this is in the Rebbe writes in one of in the, the Sikhas, the Rebbe writes that this Rebbe Hillel Paracher originally, no, this is not in the Sikha, but it's known he used to be a Chassid of another Chassidim. There is the Chernobyl Chassidim. Uh, and uh, there was a Mordechai from Chernobyl, they were also, they were actually uh, descendants of the Baal Shem Tov. They were, you know, from a very distinguished, uh, I think it is, I think so. Uh, but whatever, they were a distinguished uh, Hasidic branch. Uh, um, and this uh, Rabbi Hillel used to be his Hasid, but he once came across the Tanya. That's the writing of the Alter Rebbe. And that transformed him immediately into Chabad Hasid. He wanted to follow the Alter Rebbe. But... Uh, he very much desired uh, to meet up with the Alter Rebbe, and it was sort of uh, not meant to be. He, whenever he would uh, try uh, to come to the place where the Alter Rebbe came, the Alter Rebbe has already left. He could never find the Alter Rebbe. He'd come to the city, and the Alter Rebbe had left. So then he had an idea. He said, instead of following the Alter Rebbe and missing him, he said he's going to, when he heard that the Alter Rebbe is going to reach, uh, coming to a certain city, the Alter Rebbe used to do a lot of traveling, so must have gotten a lot of miles. No, they used to travel by, they didn't give no freaking, they didn't give no freaking flyer miles, they were driving by horse and buggy. Yeah, horse miles. Uh, and um, so he would travel there, uh, he decided he's going to travel there before the Alter Rebbe, before the Alter Rebbe is going to get there. And he, that wasn't enough because he knew somehow he's going to miss him. So, because always there were certain things going on somehow. So what he did was he went to the apartment where the Alter Rebbe was going to stay in that place that they prepared for Alter Rebbe, and he hid underneath the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he figured that way he's going to. Now at that time he was. He wasn't yet, he wanted to follow the Alter Rebbe, but he hasn't yet actually met the Alter Rebbe. He had some questions for him. So he prepared some question in a tractate known as Erchim. It's when a person uh, says the value of a certain person, he's going to pay his value for tzedakah. There's a certain, the Torah gives us in the Chumash, in Vayikra, different uh, pricing, what you person, but he had, it's a Talmud discussion. He wanted to ask the Alter Rebbe, so he's under the bed. As soon as the Alter Rebbe enters, enters into the room, before Abhila Parashur can say anything uh, and come out of his hiding place to meet with the Alter Rebbe, he hears the Alter Rebbe saying, and the Alter Rebbe used to say things with a sing song. Known to the Alter Rebbe, he has a sing song. And he said as follows He says, Sometimes there's a young man who has questions in Erchin. Erchin means to evaluate, as we said before. He says, first, you must evaluate yourself. 
This is what the Rebbe is saying. Before thinking about evaluation, evaluate yourself. Rebbe Hillel heard as he fainted because Alter Rebbe read his mind and he told him, <laughs> and he told him right away to evaluate himself. Basically, uh, by the time he came to, the Alter Rebbe had already left. <laughs> <laughs> so he never ended up seeing the Alter Rebbe. Only after the Alter Rebbe passed away did he travel to Lubavitch in the year Tovkufayin Hay, and he connected entirely to the Mittler Rebbe, which was the son of the Alter Rebbe, and then later on to his follower, the Tzemach Tzedek, that's the son-in-law of the Mittler Rebbe, and a grandson of the Alter Rebbe, he connected himself to them. Uh, the Mittler Rebbe instructed him that he should, this Rebbe Hillel, that he should travel in the uh, small villages in South Russia. There were many Jewish small settlements where Jews were isolated, really, and didn't have too much exposure to, to Jewish life. They were working hard, and they were working the land. They were farmers and things like that. So the Rebbe told him he should go around collecting physicality and sowing spirituality, meaning he should collect tzedakah from the people, <laughs> and give them some Yiddishkeit, give them some Torah. Uh, and all of his life, Reb Hillel was like a spiritual counselor, uh, and he would travel amongst the different settlements. Uh, the Mittler Rebbe and also the Tzemach Tzedek would send young people of quality to get their education by Reb Hillel. He should sort of act as their spiritual counselor to show them what and how to be a real uh, chassid. He started off as the Rav in the city of Parich, as mentioned. That's why he's known as Rabbi Hillel Paricher. But after Rabbi Baruch Mordechai Babreich passed on, uh, actually not passed on, he left, traveled to Israel, he became the main rabbi of the city of Babreich, which was a larger city. And uh, the Rebbe Marash once said to his son, the Rebbe Rashab, Rabbi Hillel is a real servant of, of God with his body, so that his body was so trained already that his body felt, felt what it needs to do. It just knew what it needs to do. Just like the mind, the brain, is a vehicle, it's a, uh, a vessel for the intellect is there, and the eyes are the vessel for the power of seeing, etc. So the body of Rabhilil, it was just a vehicle. Whatever needed to be done, he just knew he just done it on its own. Besides that, he was also a very, very intellectual uh, giant, a genius. He could understand. And um, he was able to explain many Hasidic concepts built on very strong intellectual and solid uh, basis. And he, he did write a lot, and he left some uh, many writings. Uh, the most known of it is a book called The Pelach Harimein. Um, and um, the, um, uh, he was actually buried. He asked to be moved before his death to the city of Kherson. He, he's buried over there. They recently uh, added a, um, fixed up the uh, area over there around his grave. They have a little tent over it. And they, many people go and pray at his gravesite because he's, he was a great tzaddik and a distinguished person and uh, certainly a very God-fearing and a servant of Hashem uh, on a very 
special great level uh, that he was. And uh, his Yorkite is uh, today uh, on the 11th day of Av.